Hello and welcome to Having a Yak. My name's Neil. My I'm name's Brent. Joined here with Brent. Uh, this We're back for our bi-weekly podcast, which comes in between our hockey podcast. This is the podcast where we uh, answer life questions, or specifically you answer life questions uh, from viewers at home uh, that they've left uh, in the comment section on previous mm-hmm. Having a Yak's podcast. Which I've tried to avoid. I've been told, so I can't look at them. Yeah, you don't know the questions beforehand. So, I don't. Um, I think you may have... Of peaked in some previous original episodes of Having a Yak, but you've hopefully kept your distance recently. I have. So I have about, oh, I'd say at least 20 questions here for you. Good grief. Um, but okay. you, you, you do have something that you want to talk about that is actually hockey related, which isn't supposed to happen in this podcast, but. Yeah, if it's okay. Yeah. I, I just thought that it, it helps, I think, endorse and support the theme of, of the post-to-post world generally. Mm-hmm. Just after the Winnipeg Jets eliminated Minnesota the other night, Paul Maurice, the coach of Winnipeg, was in a press conference, and one of the reporters asked him, how does it feel, you know, the stupid how does it feel question, which is always dumb when it comes to sports questions. Yep. But, uh, or what do you think about what this means for the city of Winnipeg after having such a long-suffering period of time without playoff success? <clears throat> or even a team at all, you know, for many years. And Paul Maurice said, uh, I disagree that it's long-suffering. I think the fans in Winnipeg were just so happy to have hockey, and they love hockey so much that their love of the game is the most important thing, and our success is secondary to that. Hmm. And I thought that was a, a very nice and uh, uh, really broad-minded approach to the sport in general and coming mm-hmm. from a coach who's right in the trenches with all of this and sees things only in black and white or home and away that to have him step back far enough from the game to realize that the game itself is what's being celebrated here not a particular team i thought that was just fantastic yeah so, definitely yeah so i just thought i'd throw that out do you think he planned to say something like that before it, it didn't look like it was rehearsed or okay. thought pre-thought it genuine. looked spontaneous and genuine to me cool. yeah yeah thought it was great um, I I definitely missed that that uh, press conference, but um, it looks like Torts is having some trouble with his. <laughs> I haven't seen those, but I'm going to go watch them because I've heard what happened. But. I saw the first one, but I didn't know about the second one until you told me here mm-hmm. uh, earlier today. All right, so, and now into the having the yak, um, what this podcast is actually all about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, these questions are fairly tame can, compared to the previous <laughs> having the yak. Thank goodness, because I... I really wasn't comfortable answering <laughs> questions on bowel movements and yeah. and the emergencies and things like that. Mm. So, well, here's an easy one for you. Thank goodness. What's your opinion on video games? Oh, okay. I'm that's that's out of left field for me. I would have played video games like the really simplistic ones, the Donkey Kong type, back 30 years ago when they were out on small machines, uh, just to entertain myself in front of the TV, because there was nothing good on TV, mm-hmm. even though we had 57 channels, there was nothing on them. And uh, so I, I understand, because I played a bit myself. Now these more modern games, and I don't even pretend to know the names of them, you know, I know they're more modern than even the last ones I would have seen. I think there's nothing wrong, I guess, with having them or playing them, although I wonder about the long-term effect it has on somebody's brain Mm -hmm. and on somebody's ability to socialize 
in the normal way. And when I say normal, I mean traditional, because I think there is a new normal of socializing on places like Discord where uh, video gamers yeah. will communicate with each other and that becomes their social network rather than real people. So I, I, I worry about that, but I don't really know where it goes. Do you remember the last video game that you played? I know what it is. You do? Yeah. Okay, tell me. It was uh, last year when I gave you my VR headset. Oh, yeah. And you played the pilot game. That the, was... The plane game. Was that actually a game? I thought it was yeah, an experience. Bit, oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I know. I, I, there was so many certain things I had to land on. and Yeah, you had to fly yeah. around and stuff. And That was incredible. Yeah, I think... I, I can't remember the name of it, but it was just like... A, it was like a glider game, but it, was, it wasn't really a glider. It had an, yeah. an engine, but... Uh, I didn't even count that as a as a game uh, <laughs> just because it was so much fun and I didn't feel I was working. When, when you asked me the question, I was thinking of some of these, you know, Call of Duty yeah, yeah. where you're walking through buildings and you're maybe with people or against people and you're shooting and, and uh, I, I'm not sure how healthy that part is. But some but. people play those games and share the same experience that you had with the VR headset. I don't doubt it a bit. I think that's true. Mm. Although... I'm I'm VRing something that I really would like to do, which is fly an airplane. Yeah. Uh, I wonder, I hope the other people aren't shooting stuff up because they would really like to do that. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yes, you're <laughs> right, yeah. Um, I recently played, I don't know if anyone here knows what Settlers of Catan is, but uh, Jason, who's also on the channel, me and him played, uh, or him and I played a game of Catan via VR. He was in Fredericton and I was in Charlottetown. We played Catan, so we sat there in this old school room because Catan is like a... I've played a, the board yeah, version of it with a, you. It's, yeah. an, it's a gathering type farmer type game. So you're in this like wooden, almost like a Viking house and the board's in front of you and you're sitting on big wooden chairs and you can see the next... Jason, I could see Jason in front of me looking at the board and stuff because he has his VR headset on. And so could you see a representation of Jason or was it actually Jason? I could see a representation of Jason. Okay. So he chose like an avatar that looked okay. like, like whatever. And <laughs> there was a computer player that was sitting like in another chair over there and and you took the pieces and the board was on the table and you, you took the pieces and you put it where you wanted it and stuff. And it's pretty cool. I, I think that has great promise for people that have disabilities. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that want to be able to interact in a more... Mm -hmm. uh, physical way with other folks. I think that that's where it's really attractive to me. Mm -hmm. And I can see somebody who's unable to live a normal society, societal life now, but could maybe through VR with other people in the same room and, and virtual presence really, mm -hmm. right? That, that's amazing. Have you ever watched Black Mirror? I've watched one episode of Black Mirror, which I really liked, oh, but it was a little right. scary. Yeah. Um, the it, pig. Yeah. It get, there's a specific episode where um, there is two older people and they have to live basically their final days or they choose to live some of their final days like six hours of their day mm -hmm. um, in this vr world which is it's it's technology has advanced so far that it's basically real life like you feel like mm -hmm. you're there it's it's not vr it's like real life but they're younger and they they can choose when they die to die or to be put in this world permanently. I've watched two episodes then, because I watched another episode that wasn't in in linear fashion, but I just saw the description that looked interesting, and I, I did watch it. Mm -hmm. um, it was one where these, uh, she's really, really old in real life, a real old woman, but she's a young person in the virtual world. And yeah, that's, that's the episode then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
fantastic. Yeah, it's good, eh? Yeah, really good. Yeah. Yeah, really good. Um, okay, here's a one for you, mm-hmm. which you probably actually have an answer for pretty easily. Who is your favorite talk show host from American television? Ooh. For me, it's Conan. I, so you mean the, the late night entertainment? Yeah, or daytime. Or daytime. Could be Montel Williams or... But but not news. Not like news. When I think talk show, I think... Yeah, not you know, news. Okay. Um, not Chuck Todd or... Uh, no. All right. It's definitely Conan for me. I love Conan. Everything yeah. about him. Of all of the late night, I think Colbert is a little too crazy, a little too foolish. Yeah. Uh, I like Fallon. I, 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 I really... Hate, I hate Jimmy Fallon. I, I know. He's you so do. fake. Yeah, that I don't fake, know. That fake, obnoxious, over-the-top laugh. He even admitted it. <laughs> um, of the currently on ones, I think I would say Fallon, par- partially because of the the Enterprise itself, The Tonight Show. I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of The Tonight Show genre. Because you used to like Jay Leno. And before that, Johnny Carson. I love yeah. Johnny Carson. And to the extent that that tradition's continued, maybe. I do like The Roots, which is the, the band that plays. Right, Just yeah. Questlove and those guys, I really think yeah, they're, they're fantastic. They're so I, I like that part of it. Fallon, I can give or take. I don't watch every show. I only watch if the guest is someone I like. Right. Or if I know he's doing thank you notes or some little bit that I like, I'll watch if I have time. So yeah, I, I like Conan regardless. Of all the time, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Conan to me was just a little too much, a little too edgy for me, just a little too rough and tumble for all me. Right, right. Yeah, but, but I don't dislike him. And if he has a guest that I like, then I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. And, and what I often try to do on Mondays or even Sundays is I'll look in the PVR guide ahead each evening for the three big shows, mm-hmm. Colbert, Fallon, Conan, and see who's got guests that I might like to see interviewed. And I'll r- record all of the ones that I think I might like, regardless of who they are. Do you like Jimmy Kimmel? Uh, I do. Yeah, I, I like Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I, and I liked him better before. Like, I, I have a... Jimmy Kimmel's been on TV for a long time. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch The Man Show? Uh, I Yes, I have, but a, a very long time ago. I think The Man Show would not be allowed on TV <laughs> now. It was like The Tom Green Show. Have you ever seen that back yes. in the day? Yeah. That wouldn't be allowed on no. TV. But The Man Show, it would always used to end with girls on trampolines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slow motion of girls going up and down on trampolines and all of their gorgeous physicality moving with gravity. And, it, you know, this day and age, you know, with the Me Too thing and all the, I think, progress, good progress we've made. Definitely. When it comes to the uh, pulling back from object- objectifying people physically, the man show would not make it, to, no, at least in its cut. format. But prior to that, or even around the same time, Jimmy Kimmel was a host or a, a questionnaire on Win Ben Stein's Money. Oh. Remember that? That was a great show. It was a great show. Jimmy Kimmel was on that. Huh. So that's the Jimmy Kimmel I really like. And he's okay on he's okay now on the on the talk show thing. Interesting. That was a great show when Ben Stein. Yeah, it was awesome. I loved it. It's like Jeopardy but funner. Yeah. <laughs> um okay, here's one for you. Do you prefer Apple, Android, or Windows? Oh boy. Um, you don't have much experience with Apple. I don't. I had an i I had an i uh pad, uh, an iPod. An iPod. It was a like a larger iPhone size iPod. It was like a version yeah. four or something, and and I quite liked it. But I have an Android phone and I have Windows computer, and I'm not a fan of Windows and Bill Gates and Microsoft generally. I'm I'd boycott them if I could. And <laughs> really? Well, yeah. I, I just they're just so big. Like I, 
I wanted to get away from Windows, and with the help of my cousin, who's a very, uh, very advanced techni technical knowledge uh, compared to me, uh, he got me set up with a dual boot system where I had Linux on my laptop as well. Mm -hmm. And I started to play around with Linux, but not the, the coding part of the command line stuff, mostly just the GUI, you know, where you still have a mouse and you still do things. But for, for me, it's not so much the operating system, it's what the vendors have made available to run a software on that system. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to Android, I'm quite happy with the choice I have of, of applications on my phone. And I'm quite happy with the choice of applications I have in my Windows machines. I agree. So I think that's where it, it, where it is for me. And because of my interest in amateur radio in particular, a lot of the applications that run our special devices, our software-defined receivers, our rig control programs, and stuff like that, they are all based in a DOS or Windows environment. Exactly, yeah. So I'm pretty well stuck there, but I'm not, I'm not unhappy there. Mm. I, I, I mm. like Apple OS... Um, in certain situations, I worked as a graphic designer on a on an iMac for for years. I've worked as a graphic designer in Windows for years. Um, I prefer Windows uh, in general overall, uh, just because I utility wise, it's 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 better. Um, if it breaks, I can fix it mm -hmm. physically or software related. I can't really do that in an Apple computer. Uh, no. It's so proprietary and just proprietary in general that company if you want to buy headphones it's twice the price as normal headphones for an android device or if you want to buy a lightning cable it's it's not bad anymore but it used to be mm -hmm. insane and if you want to buy an apple keyboard it's a hundred dollars for this little thing that mm -hmm. it's just it's a money grab the good news is it's probably going to be very well made and it's going to be 100% compatible. Well, that's that's the thing, and that's, everything's so uniform, and yeah. it looks beautiful, and it, it works. And I, like I understand that, but still, I wouldn't pay. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't pay. So it's just not worth it. Yeah, I mean, I, I I built my computer for under a thousand dollars. That same that same pieces in an Apple computer is thirty five hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. You're paying for the Apple on the outside. Yeah, and that's frustrating to me. Yeah. I uh, totally agree, and I have friends that ha that swear by their MacBooks and Me swear too. by their Chris. other Apple devices. Yeah, and I get it. Apple head. Yeah, I, I really get it, and it's nice to have something that you can rely on. It's nice to have far lower exposure to viruses and other I, things yeah, like that. I completely agree. So there's all kinds of good reasons to be an Apple fan, mm -hmm. and if you have the money to dole out to do it, by all means. Absolutely. Uh, but okay. in, like you, I don't. I'm more of a build it when I can mm -hmm. thing, and if I need to install something new, I can get onto Newegg or Amazon exactly. and, and pull in a part that I know will be compatible, and and take the thing apart and shove it in and and install it, and then I'm back in business. In a perfect world for me, I'd have both. I design and do my all my graphic stuff on a on a Mac and everything else on Windows. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, here's a really specific question that won't be applicable to anyone else but you and me and the person that asked it. Wow. Have you ever tried Estes Fish and Chips in Miramichi? I have. <laughs> <laughs> I have. <clears throat> uh, and I only, I think, was back there once because you're kind of back in behind town where they're located. But I'm, maybe you should answer the question. Have you ever been there? I don't know where it is. Is it close to, Na like, a na towards Napin? No, Estes is in, if you, you know where the Chaplin Island Road is. It's, it's kind of behind the Newcastle Douglastown area. It's back... Um, how can I best describe to get there? There's a... Uh, if you go off the bridge and just go keep going straight? Basically, yeah. But but I don't mean the 
the Chatham Bridge, the Centennial Bridge. Oh. I mean the other, new, the Newcastle Bridge there. Like the, the newer one in Newcastle, instead of turning off into Newcastle from over in the on the uh, Chatham Head or the Nelson Mary Machine side. So it's by the, like the ho- towards the hospital. Uh, no, the hospital is on. Well, the hospital's on the Chatham Head side, but over in the Newcastle side on the new bridge, instead of turning off to go onto Pleasant Street. Oh, okay, you would okay. Keep yeah. going back of town, so right. it kind of goes back and curves in behind Newcastle. And right, they're, they're back in there. Okay, yeah. Now I know. Sorry, I was yeah backwards. Um, yeah, if, if, if you're listening. <laughs> and you don't know what we're talking about. We're from, well. We're, we're from the Miramichi. Yeah, we're from and, the Miramichi, I guess yeah. you'd say. So, yeah. And that's in New Brunswick. It's not pronounced Miramichi or. Or some people are calling it now, even some people from there, the she. The she. <laughs> um, I'm not into that, but. No, Mir- Miramichi. Very, Miramichi. Very famous Salmon River runs through there. Yeah. And it's uh, rumored, uh, not rumored, but it's believed that Jacques Cartier in 1534, uh, when he made his first trips through the Gulf of St. Lawrence, actually mm. stopped you know, on the, uh, in the bay, Miramichi Bay. Mm. So it's a great historical place as well. It's fantastic for history. And uh, our family has roots going back uh, over 200 years there. Mm. What was your worst road rage experience? I can tell you exactly what it is. Well, why don't you go ahead and do that? I remember being young. I was probably between the age of 10 and 12, or maybe 8 and 12, something like that. And we were leaving Fredericton at night, and you flipped someone off, or you did something stupid, and that person literally followed us out of Fredericton on our way home for probably 20 minutes, and eventually turned around. But they were following and chasing us. Really? Yeah, I remember that vividly. I remember being scared because I was like nine or something like that. I'm I'm not a flipper, so I I might have given them a gesture, but it wouldn't have been a finger. Like it would have been a, yeah, it would have been like, what's wrong with you? A chin toss. Yeah, my dad, my dad, you know, his road rage was kind of like, what was that? You know, so it's probably more like what my my dad would have done. Yeah. It would have been, it was in the 90s for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't recall that. Hmm. It's just a blur. All those <laughs> all those items are a blur. I think we should just quickly circle back to Estes. I imagine the person who asked the question wonder what we thought of it. Oh right. Or what, what I guess I you thought. never answered it. Yeah. Um I remember it being okay, but not like I didn't get it. I didn't get the crazy uh. passion for Estes. It was all right, but th- I like my fish like they have at Deluxe French Fries. And I also like the fish they do at Dixie, Dixie Lee in Newcastle Lee, yeah. and Chatham. So I like, you know, fairly hard batter, nice smooth batter and a haddock. Uh, I don't even recall what Estes was like, but I remember being so excited to be there and then going, oh, well, ah. that was okay, but it wasn't like it, everybody I knew was, oh, Estes is going to open again soon. I can't wait. You know, and it's all about Estes and all about Estes. And I, I didn't quite get it. Right. So, okay. All right. Understandable. <laughs> Uh, if I had it, I don't remember. That's my answer. <laughs> what is the creepiest thing you've ever seen? It could be as in creepy as in like an old dude doing weird stuff in like the middle of the street. Because I've seen some weird stuff in New York City. It was pretty creepy. <clears throat> but. Yeah, well, creepy in a scary way or creepy in a gross me out way? or uh, Whatever you want to, whatever, whatever you want. I, it's it's a hard question to answer I have right to work away. On it. Yeah. yeah, let me work on it. Um, what do you think is the most annoying, catchy song? Lately, mm. "Sweet Caroline." They're always playing it in uh, the arenas. Yeah, and right. it just is driving me 
nuts. I guess that's not really a recent song. No, no it's, it's not. But it's recently re- returning because yeah. it, I think it was actually, it was it a Jimmy Fallon movie that it came back in or something? But, um, oh, I just hate it. I just hate it. I hate, well, I shouldn't say I hate Neil Diamond because I don't. The earlier stuff he did, Cherry Cherry and some of the other things in the mid to late 60s are great. Mm-hmm. But Neil Diamond in the 1970s, it almost ruined my life. Whoa. I, I can't stand those songs. That's a bold statement. I can't stand those songs. And Sweet Caroline is right at the top. Hmm. Have you ever heard the song Gucci? I think it's called Gucci Gang. Uh, it doesn't ring a bell. It's a rap song, and it's terrible. <laughs> it's so bad. But after you listen to it, it gets stuck in your head. And then a little later on that night, you're like, oh, I got to listen to that song again. <laughs> That's like it's, I'll play it for you later. Usually what I do songs don't bother me too much i get the i get earworms from time to time but the songs don't usually bother me too too much but they do bother your mother quite a bit yeah and one song she cannot and could not stand was uh, hotline bling by, oh. uh, by drink so i will still you know like if we're talking about plans for later later in the day i'll say well I should get off around five o'clock, so call me on the cell phone. <laughs> and it just drives her crazy, which is kind of fun. I like to watch her get triggered. That's awesome. Yeah. But there's a few from uh, before that she hates too, like Midnight at the Oasis by Maria Muldauer and uh, Loving You by Minnie Ripperton. Uh, those are songs from the 70s that drive her crazy. And so whenever they come on the radio, I'll turn them up, of course. Minnie Ripperton? Yeah. That's quite the name. Yeah. Ah, <clears throat> uh, Okay. What would, the, what would uh, this channel be called if you covered each sport? So, like, if it was basketball, it'd be, like, hoop to hoop. Or <laughs> oh, okay. What would football, what would you call it if you were, this was a football channel? Um, I I'd guess, call it the end zone. Oh, Ooh, the end zone. The end zone. What about golf? I'd call it the 19th hole. <laughs> oh, look at you. Yeah. You're, I'm on a roll. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about ping pong? ping pong it would be uh or table tennis whatever you want to call it we'd have to make sure that no one looked at the title and thought it was about something else so it would have nothing to do with paddling (laughs) yeah (laughs) um yeah i i don't know i'd have to think about that one what about rock climbing rock climbing uh at the summit oh oh dang well if anyone's looking to start a youtube channel you know who to contact there you go looking for any names hook you up um, okay. If you were uh, abducted by aliens, why do you think that they would choose you? Because they had the wrong identification. <laughs> they obviously wanted somebody who was maybe a good physical specimen of mankind or person kind, as the prime minister would say. Um, I, I honestly don't know. Maybe because they knew I had some communications and astronomy interests and could relate to them i i mm. don't know <laughs> lot, some, they they want to know your conspiracy theories to uh, confirm them there you go um, other than traveling and making your uh, show a successful business as in this show what's your biggest dream that's really for you isn't it uh it's yeah i guess your show is uh, oh man Like mine, I mean, it's hard. I, mine would be traveling, so I don't. I don't really know. Um, seeing all, every team play mm-hmm. in every arena when it's in the same season. I think my biggest dream, <clears throat> and it's 
all, all of my biggest dreams also include an element of travel. So mm. uh, I guess I can't get out of the travel mode, but I am dying to drive across Canada and I'm dying to drive across the United States. Mm. And for the second half of the United States portion, I'd like to drive to Chicago by whatever <coughs> means. And then once I got to Chicago, try to follow the old Route 66. That's right, yeah. All the way to uh, California. Apparently there's a piece of that that goes through St. Louis that you're not supposed to drive because it's so sketch. Yeah, actually so. it's, it's East St. Louis, Illinois. Yeah. It's, it's the part across the river. Um, they Even the, the guidebook for Route 66 yeah. says uh, <laughs> it's not worth it for mm. this couple of blocks. Just go around exactly. because it's pretty... Uh, pretty bad neighborhood but uh, I would love to do Route 66 just to yeah, see cool. what see what all the fuss was and film it <clears throat> oh yeah it'd have to be a travel log I've seen a few where people have done that I think Michael Palin did it um, one other uh, Billy Connolly oh yes yes yeah I remember exactly the. but his was only maybe five or six episodes mm -hmm. I, to me Route 66 if you're going to do it right you want at least a dozen episodes that's right and each one is like a day. Mm. I'd love to see that. That'd be cool. Or or do that. Um, here's here's the, your relationship question for you for the, for the podcast. Oh God. How long should you date someone before you ask them to get married? Hmm. I don't know if there's a there's not a, a right answer I can provide. I think some people know right away. I think it's yeah. I think it's different with everybody. Yeah, different with everybody. I think some people know right away. They. They lay eyes on someone. And it's like, oh, hmm. now the asking part that might, that should maybe come a little bit later. You wouldn't want to yell, would you marry me out of a window of your car? <laughs> yeah, that's right. To a girl that's just walking by, you haven't actually even met her yet. So that's hmm. probably a little premature. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it can be quick. I don't think it's wrong. Like two people can. How long uh, did you date mom before you? <clears throat> we, uh, we dated probably two and a half years fairly seriously before the topic came up mm -hmm. and it wasn't uh you know restaurant dropping the knee open the diamond kind of thing you see on television it was it was a, actually part of a conversation i would almost say a negotiation a negotiation not in the sense of a prenup but your mother was ahead of me in university she was about to graduate and i was going to have at least another year of study left after she graduated so it's almost at that point we'd already decided we were going to build our lives together and, and get married, but it's just a matter of how and when. And mm -hmm. so it became a logistical discussion. It wasn't really a proposal, which is uh, something I guess I regret, but hmm. yeah. Maybe you can reenact it someday. <laughs> yeah. She'd probably slap me or something. Will you marry the goat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I dated someone for five years and <coughs> never once had the urge to to marry that person. So I think it is person specific. Well, it is person specific. And in, in the case of your mother and I, we dated for quite a while. We hadn't really talked about the long-term future, but um, I think it's just something we both knew. And in the case of dating, you, you feel very comfortable with the other person. And you, I, I was never in a mode where I'm trying to find fault with somebody or try to convince myself of reasons why I wouldn't want to spend the rest of my life with that person and right. then find a way out. Mm -hmm. For me, it was all like, you know, is this, is this something I can, you know, contribute to the rest of my life? Yes or no. And it was a, it was a very strong yes. I mm -hmm. mean, your mother's a great gal and I'm a very lucky guy and, um, I'm so glad it worked out. It's, it'll be 37 years oh, uh, this snap. summer. So, hey, there you go. And all the credit goes to her because... <laughs> Yeah, she puts up with you. <clears throat> Indeed. Uh, this isn't on 
this list of it, but I do have a question. I'm an, I'm an only child, if anyone didn't know. As far as we know. Yeah. If you if you had another uh, son, what would you have named him? Oh, man. I don't. That's totally right <laughs> out of the bolt from the blue there. Yeah. Um, I think mom told me that if I was going to be a girl, my name was going to be Ashley. A name I really liked was Andrea at the time, too, and I think we probably hadn't agreed on that, but, uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah. No, I, no other guys' names, though? Nothing else pops into my mind. Yeah. I thought maybe you might choose Buzz. Make it Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> well, Buzz's real name is Edwin. Yeah, well, so. Buzz is a pro name. That's not a name you'd want in your driver's license, is it? No. No. Neither is Neil. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Pardon me. Let me wind back the clock. Um, speaking of winding back the clock. We'll name you Wilberforce or something. <laughs> you are 20 years old and the year is 1880. What profession do you pursue? <clears throat> 20 years old and 1880. Mm-hmm. Well, knowing what I, that I like to communicate, I might be a telegraph operator. Mm, on the Redidio? Uh, well, no Redidio back then, but it would just be telegraph, like over the wires. So you'd have a, a clicky key, you'd have a... When did, when did the Redidio come in? The Redidio, probably about 1910, would be when it started ah, to become really? quite popular. Yeah. The first real use of radio in an emergency disaster was April of 1912 when the Titanic went down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So up until then, it was very experimental. Uh, they were only in around 1910, just starting to put radios into ships, thinking, oh, they might be useful in some way. <laughs> hmm. So 1880, that's 30 years prior to that, and uh, they did have telegraph. And there was a Morse code, but it wasn't a beeping-type Morse code. It was a Mm clickety-click Morse code. And uh, the railways were the main agents of installing telegraph wires along the rail lines so they could telegraph ahead to the next station that the train was on its way and that kind of thing. And eventually that became uh, the way to send telegrams and send messages from station to station along the way. Mm. And uh, I think that whole thing would have interested me back interested me back then, either that or maybe working in a newspaper as a reporter, journalist, something like that. Ours are completely different. What's yours? Gold. Gold. You'd be in the Klondike. I'd be in the, the Klondike. Or in the definitely, <laughs> absolutely. Sitting there on the shore with a little pan. Yeah. Going right. around and around and around looking for little flecks of gold. Exactly. Sounds amazing. <laughs> uh, you know that you're. Uh, great-grandfather on your mother's side did that? No, I did not. He did. He did. He went to the Klondike. That's cool. Uh, or actually, it was a great-great-uncle, I believe it was. Um, it was your uh, great-grandmother's uh, brother, and the wedding ring that we used in our ceremony, we still have it in the safety deposit box, <clears throat> was made of gold from the Klondike. Really? Yeah. That he got, or just in general? That he got. Really? Yep. That's cool. That's really cool, actually. Uh, what was your favorite part of the 90s? 1993. <laughs> when the Canadians won the Stanley <laughs> Cup. Um, I, think, I think the favorite part of the 90s would have to be the late 90s for me. I'd be in my late 30s at the time. And I was had gone through a few different job changes that were uh, at various stages of stressful. And late in the late 90s, I finally started to teach, which was the thing I really found out that I wanted to do more of. And uh, so I think that would be my favorite. But I can find good 
uh, anecdotes or vignettes from the entire decade. Because in the early 90s, you had a pretty good job, and we traveled lots. Mm-hmm. And I would have assumed that maybe the early 90s would have been your choice, but it's interesting that you've yeah. chosen the late 90s. Well, the early 90s was when I was making the most money, yeah. and I had the nicest car, and I had the coolest job, and I was a public figure. I was on TV, and I was you know well-known and mm-hmm. and all that. So that was... I guess can be nice in ways, but that comes with a price, and the price is uh, scrutiny and stress. Exactly, and that's yeah. not always the greatest thing. So, hmm. yeah. If you could explore any other specific place in the universe, where would it be, and why? Um, or we can narrow it down to our solar system. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that. I think I'd be interested in. Uh, the moons of Saturn. I I can pick one, I suppose, but there's one of the moons of Saturn. I'm not sure if it's Ganymede or Io or I don't even know what moon orbits what planet anymore. <laughs> but uh, there's a suspicion that there's water, lots of water there. You're thinking of Europa. I'm, maybe I am. Is that hmm. Saturn or Jupiter? That is, <clears throat> I believe, Saturn. Okay, that must be the one. Um, it's covered in ice, but it yeah, has it's got water these strength. geysers and yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I'd like to orbit around there for a few days and mm. take some pictures. Yeah, Europa is pretty cool. Mm. They're, they're sending a mission there very soon mm-hmm. to uh, land and drill. I think actually. Oh wow! Yeah, like serious stuff. Um, I'm down. I think it launches in 2022, maybe. Wow, you're up on stuff. I I haven't been paying attention lately. Good for you. I'm good to go. Um. I, for me, I think probably um, the biggest volcano in our solar system. Do you know what planet that's on? A dead volcano or live ones? In general. Because uh, the biggest well, dead uh, volcano is uh, is on Mars. It is on Mars. You know what it's called? Olympus Mons. Yes, you're right. That's probably where I would go. That's uh, cool. Because it's, it's huge. It's yeah. like it's bigger than Everest. Yeah. Like 10 times bigger than Everest. It's, it's, it's massive. It's very, very huge. So I'd, I think it would be cool to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Mars is the most interesting place to visit. Oh, absolutely. Because it's so much like Earth when it comes to uh, having some atmosphere, mm-hmm. not a lot of cloud. Occasionally there's a dust storm. You, If you took your helmet off, you wouldn't die immediately. You'd live for a few minutes probably. There's not much, o- there's no oxygen there. But There's plausible things to, um, a word I'm looking for, they could potentially plant stuff mm-hmm. to reoxygenate. That's not a word, but the atmosphere. Well, yeah. But it's. The, I think the problem with Mars is it doesn't have any um, magnetic uh, magnetic field. field. Yeah. I mean, that's the killer. Poles. And it, because of that, it can't support a true atmosphere. So yeah, it's ma- and I don't know how you how do you jumpstart. Magnetic Well, y- you really don't. Mars is a smaller <coughs> planet, and I think what happened was the inner core cooled quicker because yeah. it was smaller. And once the core cools, and not a molten hot core like we have, that's the thing that made the magnetic dynamo work. Exactly. And once that stopped working, so cosmic rays, x-rays, gamma rays, the, yeah. s- the solar wind, that just blasts the crap out of everything. And uh, that would be tough. You, you couldn't live there without a roof over your head. Mm. And uh, I, there's not, I don't think there's any way to bring that back. The Earth, we have a magnetic field, although it's weakening a lot lately, but that's just a cyclical thing. It'll come back. And there's even a chance that the poles are, might switch. Yeah. 
Yeah. They're thinking sometime in the next 2,000 years. Yeah. So they're... It could be interesting. It could be very interesting and quite stressful for people when that happens because when the poles switch, they, they basically, the, if I understand it correctly, the magnetic field shuts down for a while and then flips and then re-energizes. Mm-hmm. So the shutdown part would be difficult. We would lose our own protection against solar radiation. Yep. And uh, things would uh, things would change for a while. It would, it would change. <clears throat> I mean, think about everything that uses, like the satellites would be affected um, as far as GPS and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, aviation, planes, I think would all be affected. I think the ability to have a normal life outdoors would be actually oh, affected considerably. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, we have now achieved the level of technology and construction capability that we could probably build safe places for ourselves and limit our exposure to the out of doors. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't lose our atmosphere or anything like that. The, the oceans wouldn't boil away. It's not like the sun's heat would get to us. That's right. already getting to us and we're fairly well balanced there. Mm. But it's the uh, the electromagnetic radiation and particle radiation that we would be bombarded with. And some places on the earth would be safer than others. The poles would probably be quite as hospitable. Yeah. Uh, but the tropics maybe wouldn't be or where, whatever. So there would be places where things would be very difficult. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. You're writing a book that is in the realm of that mm-hmm. kind of, not really that that specific conversation, but um, you're talking about solar flares in, your, in the book that you're writing. Um, I wonder if that's another another idea for a, for a book. If, if you ever finish that specific book, mm-hmm. you could write another one based around the pole switching. It could uh, really incorporate a lot of the same things that I'm doing exactly. now. Exactly, yeah, same characters or same... Same characters, same scenarios, mm. same preparedness uh, requirements for people if we're going to continue. The, the book I'm writing now about the flare, thankfully, is, is easier to handle in the storyline because it's a one-time event yeah. for now, and people know it's coming. They have to prepare for it. Some decide not to, and then they, some people have consequences, and then some don't afterwards, mm. and then things come back to normal. Uh, that's the, the easy way to tell that story. Um, but you're right. The, a lot of those same things you'd have to worry about to tell that story would be the ones you'd have to worry about mm. to tell a pole switching story where maybe the magnetic field is shut down for 50 years or 300 years before it flips and comes back. Um, that's substantial uh, because it's not going to be okay tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what the hottest planet in the solar system is? I believe it's Mercury. Venus. Overall, would be yeah. like the the actual atmosphere in Venus. Mercury is interesting because it's so cold on the other side of mm-hmm. Mercury. It's the closest to the sun. You'd think that it wouldn't be yeah so cold, but is the difference between light and dark and Mercury is unbelievable. Yeah, well, Mercury is the only planet that really doesn't have an atmosphere, mm-hmm. and it's the atmosphere that carries the heat around to the backside. And if you don't have an atmosphere, that heat doesn't make it around. And the other side of Mercury that faces the sun is just being blasted. And Mercury doesn't even rotate yeah, yeah, exactly. out of sync with the sun. So the same face always faces the sun all the time. It's kind so of th- like it, the yeah, moon. If you were living on the backside of Mercury, you'd have no idea what the sun even was. Mm. <laughs> and it's kind of like the moon. Mm-hmm. If you were on the backside of the moon, you wouldn't know what the earth. That's right. You'd like. never see the earth. 
kind of interesting. Isn't it? it is interesting. We didn't even know what the backside of the moon looked like until Apollo 8. Actually, the Russians sent a probe, the Brown 65, I think it was, uh-huh. Luna, and <coughs> it went around back and photographed the backside of the moon for the first time. Mm. They also sent a probe to Venus that, that landed on Venus because mm-hmm. they didn't know if it was a rocky surface yeah. or not, and then they found out. Yeah. And then the probe died. And it, like, <laughs> it almost instantly got like one picture and then yeah. that was it. The, the pressure and the heat, yeah. it's like 200 and some degrees all the time. And the atmospheric pressure is tremendous. Uh, and the moon, the first time human eyes saw the backside of the moon was right. Apollo 8 that mm. you mentioned earlier. Borman, Lovell, and Anders yeah. were the crew That's of that. That's where they got the famous uh, picture of the earth rise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. New and Year's. Is that the same mission that got the blue marble? Yeah. Image? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that was a... I remember that vividly. I was around at the time. And to hear them uh, get, go around back and see that, and they read, I think it was, was it Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve? But I think it was Christmas Eve. Yeah. They read a verse from the Bible from space, looking out over the earth and this great distance and the moon in front of it. And uh, it was powerful stuff back then. You're talking people like us living around then that, mm. you know, we had astronauts for not even 10 years at that point, And now we're hearing a voice from the Bible read to us from the other side of the moon. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's impactful. Yeah. Um, if you could have a one hour flight in an airplane from any time period, not from North American uh, origin, what plane would it be? Not from North American origin. Yeah. What plane would it be? That's a hard question to uh, to ask or to answer. I mean, well, really, it, I guess it not in North American origin. <coughs> it would be a one-hour flight at uh, top speed in the Concorde. Oh, supersonic. Good answer. Yeah, because uh, that's uh, a a France plane. It was a consortium, a joint effort between France and England. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, uh, the Concorde was. Uh, Built for Air France and British Airways, or at that time BOAC. And Do you know the big Russian plane? It's called Antonov mm-hmm. something. It's unbelievably huge. Yeah. I think I'd like to to fly in that, <laughs> just, to, just to feel what it's like to be in something that big that's in the air. It would be something, yeah. yeah. They're, they're quite the plane. Can't remember specifically what to... Well, yeah, Antonov makes a lot of different planes. So. Yeah, it's an Antonov 113 or something <laughs> stupid. I don't know. Um... Yeah, interesting question though. Whoever asked that. Yes, thank you. Uh, do you have any near-death experiences? Yeah. Other than the time that you were over the the Northumberland Strait and your engine cut out in your plane and you had to land on a highway. Other than that, because you've already told that story. The second closest one. I was uh, swimming at a beach in Rodden, Quebec. I was quite young. I was maybe eight. And I couldn't really swim at the time. I didn't know how to swim. So I, sh- I should back up and say I wasn't swimming at the beach. I was at the beach. And I walked out onto or into the water. And I was just walking out and wading out and playing with a probably a ball or something. And then I hit this drop-off in the sand. Mm-hmm. And I got to the point where <coughs> I couldn't get back. And I was moving my arms. And I was digging into the sand with the tips of my toes. And all that was above the surface of the water was my mouth. Like I was breathing and that's it. My whole head was underwater. Mm. My head was tipped way back and just my mouth was out. And I could still breathe. And I slowly with my toes, I just started to 
you know, kind of grab a little bit of sand and I slowly got back in with my hands and, and I got back and I never, never told anybody Dang. that that happened. But I certainly another foot or two out, out in that beach, I would have drowned. Really? I'm positive. Yeah. Did yeah. that make you scared of water? It didn't. It didn't. It, uh, and of course, when you're a kid, the thing you're the most worried about is getting in trouble. Yeah, you're true. not worried about dying. Yeah. You're worried about getting in trouble. And so I, when I got back to the beach and my parents and my godparents were there and other relatives and friends, I never said anything because I knew if I told the truth about how close I came to not, <laughs> not surviving, they might never let me go in the water again. I mm. didn't want that. So I didn't want to get in trouble. That's true. Yeah. Um, I don't think I really have any near-death experiences. That's good. Being your father, I think that's, <laughs> uh, that's very good. I mean, I've done some stupid stuff, like walked on the top of the train bridge in Doketown and lost my wallet off the top. <laughs> that was pretty dumb. It wasn't really a near-death experience, though. It was pretty agile. Um, other than that... You can stop now. Nothing. <laughs> you getting worried? <laughs> I didn't know about that. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I forgot about it, really. Yeah, I, lo I lost my wallet off the top. That's pissed. I bet. Um, do you like roller coasters and thrill rides? I do. I love them. If you could spend an entire week um, just at theme parks going on roller coasters and, and thrill rides, would you be interested in that entire week? A week? Not continuous. What? Well, I could get off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I could I mean, get like, off and have a hot dog or something and... <laughs> No, I don't mean like literally be on a roller coaster for a week. I mean like vacation somewhere where you can go to a park every single day and go on rides and stuff. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'd be down with that. Yeah, me too. I, I'd probably want to do other things. No, you can't. Okay. Well, I would still, if if it was like, okay, you can work for a week or you can go, go to Cedar Point for a week. Yeah. Uh, or Six Flags or whatever. Okay. What if I'll your go. What if your job was to go around and experience each roller coaster around North America and, and give a review? Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah I'd like that. <laughs> I'd like that. That'd be good. that'd be great fun. That probably doesn't exist as a job, but um, do either of you play any musical instruments? If not, which instrument would you like to learn? When I was in school, high school, I played the clarinet, mm -hmm. and I really liked it. And I played the clarinet as what I thought was a stepping stone because. The clarinet and the tenor sax both play in the key of B flat, and the keying is the same. So all of the same keys play all of the same notes in a mm -hmm. in a tenor saxophone. And I always wanted to play the sax, but I didn't get in line quick enough for the saxophone job. So ah. there was a whole bunch of us playing the clarinet, and I knew that if I ever wanted to change to the sax, it's just a matter of dropping the clarinet, putting the strap on, mm. getting the sax, and and the I'd already know how to do it. Interesting. So, but I never got to play the sax. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the instrument I used to play. If you gave me a clarinet right now, all I could probably do is scare people with the <laughs> with the weird squeals when I was trying to adjust the reed or something. Uh, I but, play guitar a little <clears throat> bit, badly. Do you have any interest in learning how to play guitar? I do. I, I tried a little bit. I had a six-string acoustic, and uh, my brother and I shared a four-string bass mm. uh, when we were teenagers, and I played that a bit, and I would sit down and, and I'd play a song like The Joker, Steve Miller was a great do, 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 do you know, and I mm. would do that. So Bass I, is pretty easy. The, well, yeah, it's, it's pretty easy. It's the but easiest thing to learn. Yeah, 
there's only four strings to worry yeah. about, and you're usually only playing one at a time. Yeah, exactly. So there's no there's no cording involved. Yeah. But I don't know if this is because I'm left-handed and my brain is that's true. You flipped, are left-handed, yeah. But I play the guitar the way a right-handed person would play. So they're actually uh, on their fingerboard. They're with their left hand, but they're strumming with their right. Mm. So uh, maybe I would be better off if I was I'd flipped it over and played it backwards. Oh, that'd be weird. It would be weird. So. I, I found it difficult to chord and to, to do two things at once or three or four things at once. And I, I just marvel at guitar players. I yeah. I think it's fantastic what they're able to do. Uh, I know I can never achieve that. Interesting. Yeah. Here's a question for you that you might have to think about a little bit. It's either going to be one that you have to think about a lot or it's going to come right to you. What's your biggest cooking kitchen fail? Well, there'd be so many. I'm going to narrow it down. Um, <coughs> my, this this would be a fail, but not in my own kitchen. <coughs> the uh, the biggest cooking fail I've had was I don't know what hotel it was, but hotels now have most of them, like the Holiday Inn Express, Hilton Garden Inn kind of hotels, mm-hmm. will have a make your own breakfast thing downstairs. So you get up in the morning, you go down. There's a a couple of dispensers of cereal. There's maybe a, a a tray of scrambled eggs you can fish out of, and some gross sausages. But some of them have these waffle makers. Okay. So you get the waffle mix, and you pour it in the waffle maker, and you close it, and you flip it, and you wait for a certain amount of time. Whenever I've tried one of those, and it's only been about three times, <laughs> it's turned into an absolute nightmare. There's stuff everywhere. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the batter leaks out of the waffle maker. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's just, and there, of course the whole world is standing around waiting for you and they're watching. Yeah. Right? It's stressful. And it's stressful. And you get the special fork to dig the, dig the, the, uh, the waffle out of the, the waffle maker. Mm. You're supposed to put spray on it ahead of time. I probably, I'm sure at least one time I forgot to do that. So everything gets stuck. And of course, not only are you failing at making the waffle, you're ruining the machine for the next person. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. It's, uh, that was my biggest cooking fail because hmm. I don't cook very much. So there's a pretty small sample size there to draw on for me. Mine, mine would be when I, uh, I worked as a bread baker for a year, for those who don't know. And, uh, one night I forgot to put yeast in a specific batch of bread. <laughs> and, pretty uh, flat. Uh, it? it didn't rise and, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it was pretty bad. Hard as a rock. And, uh, just like bricks, basically didn't yeah. rise. Uh, my boss was not happy. But I bet. Mistakes happen. How big was the batch? Mm, there was about 30 loaves of bread in there. So it was, <laughs> it was small considering the, uh, compared to the other batches that we were making. It wasn't white bread or whole wheat or anything like that, or multigrain. It was, I don't know, it was brown bread or whatever, mm-hmm. molasses and stuff. And yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. If you could make a rule that everyone would have to follow for one day a year, what would it be? For one day a year? For one day a year. And everyone had to follow it. I feel like you'd say stay home. That, 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 would, that actually like is a really good answer. Any, anyone who's like, if you, if you work in any public service job, then go to work. But if you're not, like, if you're not, uh you're not going to work or something like that stay off the road just let me drive in in peace (laughs) um a true open road yeah that would be a good one 
I'm trying to think what mine would be. Um, man, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Um, There's some pretty sinister ones you could probably yeah. choose. The one I'd like the best, I think, is for one day a year, nobody's allowed to use their bank card. Oh, that's You have to use cash. You have to use cash. You have to use cash for, for one day a year, no bank cards, no holding up in line or someone in front of you, like at the toll booth at the bridge, mm-hmm. where they get, they they pull up to the credit card slot, but they've pulled up too far away from it. So now instead of talking to a human and handing your card to the human, they think they're going to go the fast lane, the credit card lane. So they'll get up there, but they realize their arm isn't four feet long. Mm. So then they get out of the car and they stand next to the machine and they put the card in and they hit the buttons and they always get it wrong and they yeah. have to take the card out and put it back in again. And people with bank cards who don't know how to use them, who are in front of me in line, whether it's Tim Hortons or wherever it might be, they just need to take a, a day off a should year. Have, shouldn't have bank cards. Shouldn't have bank cards. Should go take a course or something. Frankly, I think the Tim Hortons idea to accept bank cards in the first place was a terrible idea. I completely disagree. Every every place should accept a bank card. No, it's not. Hey, yes. No. Yes, you need to be. You need to accept change. I mean, and I'm not talking about physical change. I mean, like being able to accept change in society. I would not. I've boycotted restaurants for not accepting uh, debit and only accepting cash. Won't, won't, I won't buy there. I won't. Like now in Zen in Stratford, they used to not be able to oh, accept yeah. debit. They had it and then they removed it. Well, I got no cash, so sorry, can't I can't shop here. I'll go somewhere else. That's fine. And when they made that decision to get rid of debit, they probably knew that they were going to have some uh, cashless people around, like yourself. But I found out the the cost of mm. debit. It was eighty. It was for that specific store. It was eighty dollars a month that they had to pay. Mm-hmm. I worked in the same building and was going there every single day, spending between three and four dollars. So that's twenty days a month that I was there five days a week, spending, we'll say an average of $3. Mm-hmm. What's three times 20? 60. Exactly. Yeah. That's like 80% of their debit fee for the month. More like 75, but well, you know, whatever. who's counting? So you're telling me that there's not more people using debit to pay for that fee? The guarantee that fee was paid for for that month. Like, no, boycott. But it, there's the cost of having the machine there. There's probably a cost per transaction as well. They don't pay the cost per transaction. Well, I know there's, there's definitely the customer pays some cost, but yeah. I don't know that the vendor doesn't pay any cost. He said it was $80 a month. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, I don't know. How, I can't remember how we got in the conversation. Yeah. Like I, I use debit a lot, but I only use debit for purchases that are more than 20 or 30 bucks because I always have some cash on me because that's the cheapest way to get through society is to carry some cash. Because, well, depending on your bank plan, I guess. But some people have a bank plan where they can do 100 debit transactions a month and it doesn't cost them anything. Mine isn't like that. Mm. I, I think we have to pay a certain small amount for every debit transaction. One time, your mother went to Tim Hortons and got a coffee. And the coffee was $1.60. And the debit cost was as much or maybe more than the damn coffee just to use the debit card. And so we had a conversation about that. Uh, and it's always been my practice to not use debit unless I absolutely had to. I never use debit. I always use uh, Visa. Well, that's smart too because you're gathering points and then you're paying it off that exactly. way. I have uh, a really nice AeroPlan MasterCard that I use 
or sorry, American Express card that I use, and I will use it. You know, even if I have the the money on me, mm-hmm. I will sometimes use it just to get the airplane points. How many? Uh, I, I don't have an airplane one, but I have a Scotia Rewards mm-hmm. thing. I got sixty four thousand points, which I think is a free round trip anywhere in North America. Really? Yeah. Mm. Well, I don't have that. Yeah, so interesting. I have uh, 186,000 aeroplan miles now. That's a lot of aeroplan That's miles. a lot of aeroplan miles. <laughs> That's a lot. I can go business class probably around the world. Yeah. But I think I'd be alone. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. If you could have unlimited storage of one thing, what would it be? Unlimited storage of one of thing. Of one thing. And don't say money. So, in other words, I have it on me or near me all the time. Sure. I don't have to go out and get it. I think I'd say ketchup. Oh, I thought you were going to say Coke Zero. <laughs> well, you know what? Yeah, Coke Zero might be a better one. You go, you go through that quicker than ketchup. I do. I do. Ketchup oh. is also a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. Uh, last question to wrap up this podcast. It's a good one, actually. Okay. If you could own a restaurant... What kind of restaurant would it be? What would you serve? What kind of style of restaurant would you want? Do you want, want like an old 50s kind of diner? I think I would. And I think I would specialize in hot dogs. Oh. Hot dogs and fries. Uh, do you remember Ben's in Chatham? Yeah, yeah. It's it's It was down by the water. Well, yeah, fairly close to the water. Kind it's of. across from the Irving Station. The, there's a Ben's has moved now down to near the water. And Ben's is still around in Chatham. I love Ben's. Mm-hmm. What I didn't realize was before I started going to Ben's, where they sold great hot dogs, fried and onions, and the steam buns, and I think they did burgers too, but they didn't have deep fryers when I was going. But back in the day when your grandmother and your grandfather were teenagers and hanging around there in the 50s, Ben's had fries too. So they And they had a window on the side of Ben's that looked out onto, I think it was Canard Street or whatever the street was, and mm-hmm. they... Uh, you could walk up to the window and order your food and stand there at the window and eat it without having to go in like you did later on. Right. And uh, I think I would like to do a 50s place that specialized in hot dogs, maybe some hamburgers too, mm. but nothing like, so, so I would just do the stuff I can make myself. Kind of like Johnny Rockets? Kind of like Johnny Rockets, yeah. Uh, it would, like I've seen some of these, I forget the name of the show. It's on, I don't even know if it's on CNN or Discovery Channel, but there's, a guy who goes around to burger joints and restaurants all around mm-hmm. the States. And he's been into some places that I thought, man, I'd love to live near that place because it looks like a really fun place to be. And it would be old fashioned, like those diners that are built out of old railway cars right. or something like that. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think that'd be awesome to have a place like that. You know what's coming back soon? No. Fry trucks. Oh yeah, here the, in Charlotte. The, the yeah. weather is changing. Yeah. Uh, fry trucks are a pretty big culture. Oh yeah. Here. Growing up in Montreal, when I was just a little fella, we used to have two fry trucks that would go up the street and they would drive around. They wouldn't just park and be one place all day long where you walked up to it. Mm. They actually would visit different neighborhoods. And we had uh, Pete's was one and the other one was Bill's, Bill's and Pete's. They were both great. And the fry truck would come up maybe halfway up the street and stop and you'd run out with your 25 cents and get a big thing of fries and you had, it was a, a jar almost with a handle on it and the top of the jar had a bunch of holes poked in it and the vinegar was in that one and another one was the same and it had salt in it and you just whack the vinegar to it and you whack the salt to it and you had one of these wooden forks that you would use hmm. it was the best thing ever 
I wonder how, if that would work today if a fry truck just came up and down the street. Would you would you stop it and get some fries? Heck yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, definitely. It's the best thing. Um, yeah, here in Charlottetown, we have some designated places where fry trucks can set up, yeah. and they will. There's one outside the Canadian Tire the, yeah. where he's always there. There's another guy on uh, Capitol Drive mm-hmm. up near the U-Haul, and he's always there. Mm-hmm. And there's a few downtown that'll be setting up, and they're great. And I think they do a lot of their business after the bars close in the evenings. Yeah, some of those right. downtown yeah. people do. I was in Sydney, Nova Scotia for, for work several years ago, and your mother was with me, actually. And there's a famous fry truck, forget the name of it, but it might come to me, that parks just outside the hotel, and it's near the bar district in Sydney. And I was told by a local friend of mine that you, you got to go there. Yeah. So before the bar scene started, because... I'm not a bar guy, so anytime before 11 or 12 o'clock, the, the place is virtually deserted because everyone's still in the bar. Mm. So I went across from the hotel where your mother and I were staying, and I got some stuff, some uh, fries and things, and brought them back, and it was just fantastic. Worth it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was great. I'm still trying to think of the other question I wasn't able to answer earlier, which is the creepiest thing I ever saw. Oh, right. And I, I've really had trouble uh, coming I, up with it. So I, I, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, that, that wraps it up then. Thanks right. for uh, joining me for this podcast. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot to the uh, viewers and listeners who submit questions. Is there, uh, other than leaving comments on the YouTube channel, do you take questions any other way? I do not. Um, so I have in the past, but it's difficult to consolidate them. Manage because when I go write down all these questions, I do it all mm-hmm. at once. So I go to the video, I go to the comment section, I just write everything down. I don't want to be going to different places, getting mm-hmm. questions from whatever, and writing them down at different times and stuff. And so please, if you have any questions, leave them in the comment section on YouTube to this video. If you're listening on iTunes, I guess you'll have to uh, pop over to your YouTube account if you don't mind and, and, and ask a question, but uh, that's definitely the best okay. the best place to do it. Cool. Um, so thank you to everyone who's asked a question for this podcast or any previous uh, podcasts. Like I said, leave your questions down below. I, I read them all. I check them all, and we'll answer them next time. And next weekend, it'll be the hockey version of... That's right. Of the uh, post-to-post podcast and all of the first round series will be done by then and we'll probably be starting into the second round Mm -hmm. so we'll have lots to talk about exactly so any questions that you ask for this podcast is going to be answered uh, in may so uh, two weeks from now so thanks guys for for watching on youtube if you if you are if you're new hope you can hit the subscribe button if you did like this podcast hit the like button down below if you're listening on iTunes, uh, thank you very much. Hope you uh, enjoyed it and hope you can leave us a, a positive review on there. And otherwise, hope you're having a good day and we'll see you in the next Have a Yak. Adios. Mm-hmm.